0: and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I thought, yo, this is my life. I have to go pro with
1: Halo. In my head, thought that that was more efficient, and I guess I was right. He was like the god. <sighs> we would have to two v one, like just to beat this guy. Like,
2: <laughs> no, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll try. I was mean, you like, oh, <laughs> <seen> guys later. <laughs> like, so. A lot of
0: Halo in my life, man. It's, it's been a, it's been a fun journey. I love it. Hello. Welcome back to HCS Weekly, your weekly destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shyway. And finally, guys, we are here. Five years of HCS. Happy anniversary. We've made it. Five weeks we went through, just going through the history of HCS each individual year and some of the big highlights and accomplishments. It's been a hell of a ride, but finally, we can start to talk about the future, something I'm very excited about, and I'm sure you guys are excited about as well. So that is the focus of today's discussion. Before we get there, we have our HCS grassroots giveaway. Make sure to type exclamation mark grassroots in the chat for your chance to win the BR skin and nameplate. We give one away every single week. So if you don't get it this week, make sure to tune in next week for your chance to get that giveaway. We also have our news, and then we will get into our discussion. I know, guys, we got Tashi coming on the show. We got our blog post to take a look at in great detail. And we got your questions, at the end of the show, that we'll take as well. First, let's take a look at the news, though, with Maddie Rums from DukeCombo.com. Maddie, how you doing, buddy?
1: Hey, what's up, dude?
0: Not much. You doing good, man? We got uh, we got big big news this time around. We got something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we got the blog post, but yeah.
1: uh, I'm going to leave that for the two of you to talk about. Okay. But in the meantime, we got a uh, few things to talk about. We'll start off with our usual, the playlist updates. Sure. For MCC, they added Rocket Race to Action Sack for Halo Two Anniversary and Halo Three. Mm-hmm. On Halo Two Anniversary, you can play on Stone Town, Bloodline, and Remnant. And Halo Three, you can play Isolation, Sandtrap, Valhalla, Rat's Nest, Standoff, and Avalanche.
0: Nice. So Rocket Race, of course, just continuing to add and, and mix up different playlists into uh, MCC keeps things fresh. Keeps uh, you know gives you I guys think- opportunities
1: to play stuff. What's I up? think they might have customized the maps a little because they were in the bar oh, really? post they called them like speed town and you know they had oh. speed in a bunch of the names or it's not just the title so, changed yeah like hopefully not...
0: hopefully they put like a little track in there like yeah, something it would have to to direct you in the right uh it was a rocket race though so actually no, no it's, a, it's a race still you just you can throw people off their course with the rockets right so mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool something worth checking
1: out see how that goes uh, we have some updates in halo 5 as well Yeah, today they added uh, Snipers into the playlist, and that is also a Ranked playlist. That'll be available for the month of November. Mm -hmm. And then in two days, they are adding in Triple Team and removing Roaming King.
0: Right, so as usual, continuing to add in like a rotational playlist every once in a while. They'll add something. And we've seen Triple Team, we've seen Roaming King, so stuff that you guys are used to.
1: Uh, We have a development update as well for MCC. That continues? Uh, Yes, they put out a post on waypoint it talked a little bit about had a lot of stuff in it but i'm just going to go over a few things yeah uh they mentioned cross play and cross progression mm. uh still no word on cross play they're still looking into it so uh they know
0: it's important so i I, right. I feel like especially gotta, now. Yeah. yeah yeah whenever they do answer that question it needs to be a, you know a big confident answer so I, I guess they will kind of save it for for whenever that happens yeah.
1: um, but they are yeah. adding cross progression okay which is uh pretty nice if you're a campaign player so you'll be able to save your campaign progress on your Xbox and be able to play it on PC. Yep. But uh, mid-mission saves won't be saved. Only I guess you know whole missions altogether. So right. checkpoints won't. won't so make sure you. you you complete the mission before right. you.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is something consistent with other Xbox games, right? Something cool about uh, playing Xbox now is any save games uh, data that you have on your Xbox, you can take over to your PC, assuming it's on the the Windows Store or I guess right. now Steam as well. Um, Some
1: matchmaking updates as well? Uh, Yeah, they mentioned uh, what we'll be uh, able to see uh, currently scheduled. Excuse me. Right now in the social playlist, we'll have 1v1, 2v2, 4v4, 8v8, 8-player free-for-all, and 12-player free-for-all. And then competitive, we'll have Invasion and Team Hardcore. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have the heroic and arcade firefight as well. Awesome, and that's all tentatively scheduled. It could change, but as of right now, that's what they got. And right. then they mentioned a little bit about the customization and progression system. Uh, as far as armor pieces, all the original armor pieces from Halo Reach will be in the game, and uh, they didn't mention anything about anything new yet.
0: Okay, okay, we do know that the progression system, the the whole armor customization system, has changed a little bit. They're using this new uh, Epic's uh, or not Epic, I guess the Unreal Engine. Uh, now, uh, for that, but we'll we'll have to wait and see if they add some more armor pieces. But hopefully, some some good you know reasons to uh, to continue to play, incentive to continue to play. Uh, we also have an extension on the Halo Reach PC flight. That's nice.
1: Yeah, it's some good news. Uh, I guess came as a surprise to a lot of people today. I know it was to me. Um, they extended the PC Reach flight for a whole another week. Could possibly be longer, but we'll have to see. They yeah. mentioned that they've addressed. Uh, a bunch of bugs that'll like, be coming in a patch, yeah. and we'll receive patch notes on that, be, which will be nice to see. Not everything will be fixed. Hopefully, mm-hmm. some things. But we'll see. Uh, have you had a
0: ch- yep, sorry?
1: I'm sorry?
0: I was just saying, have you, have you had a chance to play it yet?
1: Yeah, I've played a few games. Uh, I came across bugs where I was getting stuck in the settings, and I'd have to alt F4. Okay. But I submitted my report. You know, hopefully it gets fixed. Right. Yeah. I was having fun playing it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm glad they
1: on the mouse and keyboard again.
0: Right, that's so weird for me. Like, I'm glad they extended it because the week just blew by. I feel like I I barely got to play it. But did you like the just first time you get on mouse and keyboard for Halo? What was that like for you? Because for me, it was like okay, this uh, right stick or right click to aim down sight feels like it needs to be toggle. So I changed that immediately, right? Weapon switching is so weird because you're used to like one, two, three, four, and right. now it's just it's like funny. just on one. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, should I even just change that to an entirely different key or something? Like I got like my melee uh, and yeah, like, I changed I'm some putting of the that f- on my mouse around. as well, the melee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah just like flipping stuff around because Halo is is a very different game than your typical PC shooters. So it's kind of translating it onto keyboards an interesting experience for me i'm trying to spring jump on it as well and see how that works <laughs> and it does work by the way but uh but yeah interesting we'll see how that uh, that plays
1: out yeah um, it was a lot of me just fumbling hitting you know fat fingering a bunch of keys because right. yeah. i used to i haven't played <sighs> PUBG in a while so that was my last keyboard and mouse experience
3: yeah yeah
1: but and there also will be some new modes in uh the flight um they're yeah. adding social free-for-all and uh, 12-player infre- infection free-for-all Nice. Which we didn't see in the past flight, so that'll be cool to play. So on top of the extension, you guys
0: got some new stuff to mess around with, and uh, FFA sounds like a pretty fun way to you know to get back into
1: some Halo reach. Uh,
0: we also have some other announcements, not uh, flight-specific. Yeah, we
1: have two uh, roster announcements. Okay. Uh, one coming from Simplicity, which is their first Halo team. Uh, they picked up the roster of Ares, Straight Sick, Shelly, and Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, uh, Infinite, who we've seen at the past few tournaments announced a new roster, uh, BooBooDooBoo, Trippy, Commonly, and Tusk. Right,
0: so Simplicity, the same roster that we remembered from, from before. This would have been uh, Aspire previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aries, Straight Six, Shelly, Fantasy, really great uh, roster. Looking forward to that. And then Infinite is a new team, right? So we've seen Infinite previously, but now they picked up different players. You've got Boo, Trippy, Commonly, Tusk, very talented players, but a roster we haven't seen just yet. So curious to see how these guys perform. Uh, of course, Fatal Ambition uh, was a team that had you know some of these guys on it that really stood out at the last right. event. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, we have some tournament results as well moving forward uh, with this week.
1: Yeah, on Saturday was the final DreamHack qualifier. Um, first and second place, pretty familiar. First place was Tox Gaming. Uh, second place was Lux Gaming. And then third and fourth went to, <clears throat> excuse me, went to Mantra or now Infinite and Simplicity. So right. usual uh, usual names were seen. We're used to seeing at the top. Yeah, Talks
0: making their way as the number one seed in our upcoming DreamHack event. So Talks doing a great job in these online. We'll see if they they carry that over. Of course, they they didn't win for once in the last event with right. luck. So that's the big kind of story that we're looking forward to in the next event. Uh K Mattify had a had a Halo 2 fright for all event. What's that? That sounds cool.
1: Yeah, so uh K Mattify, if people don't know, he's a content creator, streams on Twitch. Very funny guy. Yeah. Uh, and Halo 2 is his game of choice. So he held a Fright for All, which was just a Halo 2 free-for-all, mm-hmm. double elimination style. So first place, we had Stormy V2. Second place was Zykane, or Zykane. Mm-hmm. And third place, we had Rodriguez LA. Awesome. I love when uh, Halo 2 gets that well-deserved
0: uh, appreciation. I feel like there's not enough Halo 2 stuff going on, considering we have like a Halo CE community and Halo 3 events and some Halo 5 stuff. It's nice to nice to see Halo 2 get some love. So keep it up. Hey Mattify, I like it. Uh, Console Gaming League with some Halo 5 2v2 as well. What's this?
1: Yeah, I wasn't able to find uh, team rosters, but I grabbed what I knew. Um, okay. They had a Halo 5 2v2. First place was Simply Fear Me and Costa Clan. Second okay. place was Fireboy and Two And third place was UEG and Bairds. Awesome, so good stuff from Console Gaming League. I think that's their first Halo 5 2v2. So,
0: you know, just continuing the 2v2 events that we've been having going on uh, online. And that's also great practice. Or, uh, for Atlanta coming up just in, uh, in about a week now. We're getting so close to it. Yeah, that. real
1: close. Yeah.
0: Uh, upcoming tournaments, Atlanta being the main one. Uh, do you yeah. have anything else?
1: Uh, Sunday, November 17th, if you're in the San Francisco area and you're a Halo 1 fan, there's the NorCal Halo San Fran LAN at okay. the Emporium, San Francisco. I looked up the Emporium. It's a pretty, cl- pretty cool it's like an arcade bar, and I guess they have a, uh, an area for LAN parties. So it looks like a pretty cool place if you're if that's your thing. So if you're in San Fran, you uh,
0: you've got a good opportunity for some Halo, some Halo goodness, I guess. Uh, of course, in the meanwhile, we've got uh, DreamHack Atlanta going on as well, so some good Halo stuff to look forward to, just in the next uh, weekend, November fifteenth to seventeenth. That'll cover everything for the news today, guys. Remember, if you want any more details on any of this, make sure to check out NoobCombo.com. Maddie runs the site; he's got all of this news up there on a regular basis, so you can get all of uh, all the information that we've been talking about. Maddie, thank you so much for joining me.
1: You got it, man. Anytime. All
0: right, guys. We are just about ready to move on to our chat with Tashi. We'll talk about the future of Halo Esports. Before we do get there, I do have to give a little bit of a tribute to our friend Bravo. I'm sure you guys remember Bravo. Unfortunately, he couldn't come on to the show today. He's been a very busy man, but he does have a quick video for us. I got to say, though, Bravo, from the beginning, to the five years in HCS, one of the most important players, just kicking it off with his roadmap and the video content that he created, being a dedicated caster and just building, you know, just building this community what it is today. Bravo's done amazing work for us. So unfortunately he couldn't be here, but he has a quick video for you guys to share. Let's take a look at that.
2: Hey, what's up, HCS Weekly? I really wanted to join Tashi on today's show, but I'm on the road and I'll be live when HCS Weekly is live this week. So I want to send over a quick video just celebrating five years of the Halo Championship Series. Uh, I was really lucky to play a small role on the team that launched the HCS. Uh, Tasha and I have kind of been reminiscing of back when the Halo Championship Series was the Halo Arena Championship Series pre-launch and uh, a lot of other fun stories that I'm sure he'll share a little bit with you uh, today. But I want to give a huge shout out to the the two most important groups of people. Uh, First of all, is the players, Um, whether you played in one HCS tournament or you've played in many and dominated Many, you know who you are Uh, and also of course uh, the viewers Um, whether once again you've watched just a few tournaments or whether you've religiously uh, watched all or almost all um, the HCS always was built to just showcase the highest level uh, of competition and ideally you know make the top players a good bit of money along the way and uh, I'm really excited to see what the next five years have in store Tasha I know you're cooking up a game over there you're cooking up some plans I want to hear about them um, but yeah, you guys have a great show, and uh, yeah, happy five years HCS.
0: Special thanks to Bravo once again. Unfortunately, I can't hear it on my end. I'm mean, gonna I have to go back and check it out, and love to hear what you he had <laughs> to say. Uh, but let's get into today's show. I'm, I'm excited to welcome our lead esports producer Tashi to HCS Weekly. Hey, Tashi, uh, how's it going? How's it go- good man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Sorry, I know the uh, the timing between us is gonna be something to <laughs> no to, to work around. Yeah, no, no problem. But uh, how you been? You got to be kind of busy with the, the five years HCS, just everything going on with with Halo Reach in the flighting stage right now, and then, of course, the the future with Halo Infinite. Are you doing okay over there at 343? Yeah, doing great, actually.
3: I tell a lot of people, um, you know, either inside the studio or out, that uh, for me personally, like, this is the most exciting time that I've had at 343, and okay. my—actually, February's going to be six years, which is kind of crazy, but um, like, I've been very fortunate enough to— help out on a lot of different projects. And of course, HCS is the one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, And so, you know, building HCS with the team here um, for Halo Infinite is definitely the most exciting time that I've had here. So it's been great, can't complain.
0: Yeah, I, I've enjoyed just kind of following the experience. Of course, having the you know the five years going through it with uh, with guests that we had on the show and just going over some of these great highlights. On Twitter, you guys had some cool stuff going on as well, and I had to make sure to cherry pick some of it. I'm assuming Lalo created this. Who created the all star matchups between the the pro players? Uh, guys in the chat, I'm sure if you're on you've been watching on Twitter, they've been putting different pros up against each other and saying who's your favorite, and we had to, to select them down to the grand finals. Uh, was that Lalo's doing?
3: Yeah, Lala's been driving pretty much all of that. But yeah, before the the whole thing kicked off, we just as a team got in a room and brainstormed about what cool stuff that we could do to celebrate and what we could yeah. pull off. So that was one of the ideas. I'm glad we were able to do it because it's been a lot of fun to see all the results. and. I mean, even though we didn't get it, we were this close to a Roy versus Rossi one v one yesterday.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I hope. Uh, I hope you guys got a chance to check that out. I was. I was just looking at it right now. We've got a couple little images. So uh, semifinals, we had Lethal and Ola. Right. And then uh, Ola won that one, which we'll have. There it is right there. You could see uh, Ola 56 to 44 lethal, very popular. But Ola managing to make his way through. But then we had this frosty Roy one. And this one was great to look at because it was a 50 50. You tweeted about it as well. Uh, you're like, oh, that's awkward. Well, um, we honestly it, didn't
3: know how to break the tie, like in a way yeah. that, the, that the community would be like, oh, yeah, that's those are the results. Yeah, that's that's who won. Uh, if you look at the uh, the number of votes casted, it's an even number. So it could very oh well God. have been split down the middle. Uh, we actually reached out to Twitter for some help on this, too. But ultimately, we decided um, let's kind of put it out there to community and see how we could come up with a cool way to break the tie. And uh, the 1v1 was almost a, a cool idea that came out of it. But um, ultimately, Roy just being the, the most humble person on this planet that i ever met <laughs> and what the is- ideal human.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God, Roy, it's a cool idea, but I'll gladly bow out and give Frosty the free win. Shouldn't have been a tie to begin with under the previous five years parameters, uh, although I most definitely appreciate the love. The man has been dominant. Good luck in the finals, my friend. God, Roy, like, even even when he's not playing Halo, he's still, just like, just as selfless. I, I feel like even just off of reading that, I was like, damn, I want Roy to win now. Like, you know, <laughs> ch- ch- change up my vo- vote and everything. But, uh, but Yeah. Uh, you know, Roy, Roy backed out. And then here we are. Grand finals is Frosty and Ola. I think we have an hour left. Or are we done now? Is it, is it, is it guaranteed? I, I think it's ending soon. Uh, there's like a minimum 24 place?
3: hour poll. So yeah, you
0: can vote now um, yeah. in the finals there. You got a couple, couple minutes left there. I think Ola is the, the, the current leader there and Ola, I, I chose him. Did you, did you make your selection already? Uh, I usually just for lack of just to avoid bias
3: i pick whichever one is happens to be on top so okay. i guess in this one i voted frosty by default but that's really uh-huh. just so i can see the the results uh-huh. um imagine frosty just wins now by one vote
0: <laughs> oh my god you guys go all you go all in and vote right now i think you've got well, like a few minutes left you might be able to, you know, to change it a little bit but uh yeah. Ola's a pretty big crowd favorite, and he's been around for a lot longer, so I'm I'm not too surprised. But uh, but that was just you know one initiative in kind of preparing us for this five years HCS, and and finally we're here. You've released this uh, this blog post, a uh, pretty large blog that we got to take a look at here. And as far as just kind of today's discussion, I was thinking we would just kind of go through it together, and uh, yeah. everyone in the chat. You guys can, can kind of be there with us along the way. If anybody in the chat has questions, ask your questions. UGC is going to be looking out for those questions, and we'll grab them and ask Tashi. Now, remember, they have to be kind of reasonable questions. You can't just ask, like, you know, what's the gameplay in Halo Infinite? <laughs> it to be like, Like, you know, within reason, Tashi will do his best, and if he can't answer, he can't answer. But uh, this is kind of what this episode is supposed to be, is kind of a forum to get full understanding of what we've got here as a, as a blog and, uh, and your questions, make sure that they're all answered. Uh,
3: so. Cool. And I've got the blog open right here as well, so this thing is massive, so
0: I'll yeah. make sure I have it
3: open, too, so I can be relevant and on topic.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: no problem. Uh, and I remember you had shouted out, uh, just before we got on, you are talking about Bravo, how uh, he was kind of here from the inception of all of this, and he was the one who had started writing these big posts, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so, if you look at the very top, um, the, the date we decided to celebrate for the five years, the date it was announced, Um, And so the link to that blog is at the very top of this new blog, uh, and that one was written by Bravo. And uh, I can still remember, like, you know, all the drafts for that and when we finally, you know, pulled the trigger on that and when, you know, the Halo Esports landing page went live and all the work that went into that. And then shortly thereafter was the MCC Invitational. So, yeah, all these memories are flooding back.
0: (laughs) Do you feel like you're seeing a bit of a parallel now that we're kind of fast forward five years? It's kind of like a like a rebirth in a sense. You kind of take everything that you learned and you're going through that, that same kind of uh, experience once again. Because you were just before launching Halo 5, I guess, was how everything kicked off. Uh, it would have been MCC. So, MCC, right, MCC. Yeah, so honestly, yes, like, um,
3: a lot of times we get asked, like, you know, when did work on this really start? And there's right. a couple different ways that you can answer that. Like, one, and uh, honestly, like, all of the stuff that we're working on today is a culmination of everything we've done in the last five years and you know we hope that that's the case because it means that we are learning and building off of what we've been doing and all of our you know achievements and missteps along the way and so yeah um you know in in earnest like yeah this is the culmination of these last five years so you know we're excited to finally get these details out there
0: yeah and uh, i'm excited to be able to read these with you so Let's take a closer look. I'm going to skip down to the, uh, the updates, evolutions, of course, uh, you know, kind of just to, to preface it, sharing your vision for what you want to achieve uh, with Halo. And what I love is just the transparency that you're, you know, you're planning on having and the planning going forward, which is something that's so huge, uh, especially in just giving us as players confidence and the organizers confidence going forward with, uh, you know, all these events. But let's start with growing international regions. Uh, tell me a little bit about this. Um. Yeah, so we've um, we've obviously received a ton of feedback
3: from international players over the last couple of years. Like when HCS first started, it was actually only North America, mm-hmm. and international players wanted to be involved, and so we did that with the Halo World Championship, and you know they had more feedback, and so this is kind of the evolution of all of that. But historically, um, you know, we can use Australia as an example. I think it really like. Um, crystallizes what we're trying to achieve but um, mm. in the last year of HCS last couple of years actually um, especially as it pertains to Halo world championship, like if you're an Australian player, um, if you had to be like number one or number two to receive really any of the benefits that the league was offering right. so prize prize money travel, all of that stuff so if you're third place in your in your region in Australia, which is like really good right you're a really good team you at had that to, point. yeah Exactly. Um, yeah. there's really no point for you to keep competing. Like you know you're not gonna like get second place or first place in this tournament, or you know you're so far behind in points that you have no real chance to catch up. Yeah. And so these teams were just not playing. And we yep. saw the participation numbers dwindle. And then what happens is now you're number one and number two Australian players. They have no one really uh, to practice against, to scrim against. And we saw teams fly over to the States to try to get, like, early land practice before the big events. And so yeah. ultimately it just led to them not being competitive on the global scale. And, you know, what we saw with events last year in Atlanta was Australian teams, not to pick on these guys, they're super talented, but I think um, what we saw was, you know, them getting top 16, top 20, when really, you know, they should have potential to be top eight or whatever it is, just like all the other right. Um, regions and so you know that in itself is a huge issue obviously and for us if we are asking australia to send a representative to this global tournament mm-hmm. then we need to make sure we're giving them the foundation to actually be competitive and have a real shot to win and yeah. this isn't something that's just going to happen overnight like we're not expecting the game to come out and then you know australia suddenly is the best team in the world or mexico europe whichever it is yeah. like this this will take time and there's a lot of things that factor into that Um, But that's kind of the approach that we're taking and we're going as far as to really put ourselves in the shoes of Let's say an amateur Australian player Uh And we're looking at the roadmap that we're making. We're looking at the benefits that these players get We're just asking ourselves like is it actually worth it for me to compete? Uh, Is there enough prize money? Do I really need do I really have enough for me to see a return on all the time and energy that I'm investing? And like I said, like there's a lot of things that contribute to that, but ultimately that, that answer is yes otherwise You know, Australia, Mexico, whoever it might be, they'll just continue to, you know, not be as competitive as the United States and Canada on the global scale. So, yeah, that's kind of the overall like approach there, what we're trying to solve. And I think, you know, as it pertains to the actual roadmap and the events that we're putting on and what everything looks like, uh, we'll have more to share uh, in the future.
0: Right, right. I like that. Uh, A core priority is ensuring that everybody in every region has efficient, like, just enough incentive to to continue to compete or compete at all. Uh, which is excellent, yeah. And especially because, you know, with the example that you gave uh, concerning Australia and many other regions that kind of face similar
3: yeah. Uh, another issues. Yeah, um, another thing just to jump in that's actually not mentioned in the blog here is, um, there's gonna okay. be um, kind of, um, just like we've had in the past, there will be more predominant regions globally than others, right? Understandable. And so for those other regions, um, we are looking at ways to hopefully grow them over time. And the HGS grassroots will be one of the key ways that we do that. And so um, let's just say Antarctica, for, just for lack of, right okay. of an argument. Uh, let's say Antarctica, for some reason, had this uh, this growing community and, you know, they wanted to be involved. And it was important kind of uh, uh, territory for us to to grow in. Yeah. We would start by determining who the key community ambassadors are over there, seeing how we could use HGS grassroots to you know, start having official activity or at least support what's going on over there so that hopefully, right, over time, right, these seeds grow into something that can warrant more um, activity on a larger scale. So, you know, stuff like that takes kind of years (laughs) to really come to fruition, but um, it is stuff that we're all thinking about and we feel like we are putting together the pieces to actually make stuff like that happen.
0: I like that. I guess you wouldn't really be able to get too much into specifics, but yeah, you would just look at different regions, some of the regions where the game may not be quite as popular. Try to find some sort of a representative in that region, partner them with grassroots, and then give them some sort of a benefit, some incentive to make local events and and you know to to have people competing and and to grow a scene there, uh, whether that's prize money or consoles or whatever. I you know I, I won't get too many direct stuff out of you, I'm sure, but um, but that does sound like a really good way to get things started in that regard. Yeah, that's the spirit yeah. of what we're looking to do. Yeah. 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 Uh, and more of that will kind of be answering with the next pillars that you have here as well. You've got uh, the next one is relationship and team organizations, a re- relationship with team organization. OK, I thought I had a typo in there. I was like, oh, I missed that. One. My bet. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> uh,
3: so, yeah, uh, like mentioned in the blog, like when HCS started, we were hyper-focused on relationships with all the players, which is great. Like, we need to have great relationships with the players, but as everyone knows, like, teams are also, like, a crucial part of the ecosystem. And so your Optic Gamings, your Team Liquids, your Team Enviuses, they all came and went, and we were kind of, um, you know, almost bystanders in that. And so as time went on, we were like, okay, we need to form relationships with these top organizations. We need to slowly learn about what's important to them, hey, you know, you're deciding to leave Halo? Okay, we totally respect that, but let us know why. Like, why? what can we do to improve in the future? Uh, we even went as far as like sending out surveys to teams um, to learn even more. And so um, how we're changing things for the future now is rather than kind of being bystanders in the whole process, uh, we're proactively and have been proactively reaching out to teams, setting up meetings and showing them the initial details of Halo Infinite Esports so that they can get excited and start planning their business around it. And ideally for us, when HCS launches um, in this kind of future Halo Infinite era that we're talking about in the blog here, um, you know, we have all these top teams, or as many as we can, kind of invested and ready to go with rosters and ready to help create content and build the sport overall, Um, right? Think about some of the benefits that they also provide to players with salaries and hopefully this extends down to, you know, more lower tier pro players and amateur players as well. Right, some of the orgs can uh, support them and hopefully kind of um, filters down to more people in the ecosystem so right, that's what we're kind of hoping to accomplish and I think from there it's all about you know doing our best to make sure that their investment in halo is sustainable for the long term and so yeah. it's meeting with them regularly it's understanding how their business is going um, what can we do to improve things how can we help out how can we share content how can we maybe look for ways to uh, increase revenue for them so um You know, the way we're really seeing it, and we talk a bit about it at the top of the blog, but we're looking at Halo Esports' platform, and all these different people invest in the platform. And so the platform needs to give back to these investors for it to be sustainable in the long term. And so for us, it's not about when we talk about sponsorships and revenue and and whatnot, it's not about making money for Microsoft at the end of the day. Like, if ultimately all of our teams, all of our tournament operators and partners are uh, happy with the scene, happy with the product, and you know, yeah. Microsoft loses money on the program, then as long as we're hitting our key goals and that's a success right. for us and our partners can continue to invest in the long term. And we really feel like, and you see this in, you know, most other ecosystems today, um, you can't really thrive without all these different partners plugging into the platform. And so um, we've been taking a kind of foundational approach in how we put this all together. Um, yeah. And so what I can say so far is that we've got pretty amazing interest in Halo Esports and have had it for a while um, with all the conversations we've been having about HCS and Infinite. So um, I'm excited about the future. I think we are continuing to talk to teams and hopefully um, that will manifest in some pretty awesome announcements next year when the time is right.
0: Yeah, which which does sound really great. Now now that I'm thinking about it, like going back into Halo Esports when <laughs> OpTic and Envy had left, just how much of a blow that was to the Halo scene. Like just it's like you you lose that legitimacy when that one team steps out. And I, I like how you know you say you're kind of bystanders in the process. You didn't really, you know, see that coming. You weren't sure how to how to ensure that it at, you know, relationship stayed there. So uh, it's good that kind of from the ground up, you're recognizing the value that each one of these teams bring. They bring massive communities and influencers that then grow, you know, Halo Esports and maintain Halo Esports. And I guess ensuring that they stay there um, and, and yeah, even if that means you guys might lose a little bit in the process, but in the end, Halo as a community get, gets to, you know, is maintained and, and can grow as a result. So I think that's very valuable and it's important that we're focusing on that. So really good pillar to, to have there as well. I know a lot of people were shouting out a hundred thieves, a hundred thieves would be a huge pickup if we could get that. I, I know, uh, I'm sure you guys will try to find a way <laughs> to talk to him. Um, yeah Uh, in the meantime we also have Roadmap and this is kind of the big one I think uh, as far as uh, what people can expect going forward with Halo Esports
3: yeah this one is uh, this one's huge honestly and I think um, we have very ambitious plans and goals here and I think um, I would say if and when we're able to pull it off Mm -hmm. um, it will net us um, and the community and the the sport overall massive benefits so um, typically like even today, like after DreamHack Atlanta, a lot of fans don't really know what's next, right? right? And so this has been a common theme that people have been telling us, and it's it's a huge, uh, it's a huge issue to be honest. And so um, for Infinite, when you know we're ready to kind of launch HCS for that, uh, our plan is to have a full 12-month esports roadmap, public and announce everything. So cities, states, venues, yeah. handbook, format, rules, code of conduct everything public just get it all out there right and so now teams know hey here are where i need to send my players here's how i can plan maybe a content roadmap around all of this uh here i can tell all my sponsors to uh and i'm still from the perspective of teams like teams can tell their sponsors like here are the different events that this halo roster will be competing in so they can sign ro- or sponsors for a longer term um for players they can say okay i'm gonna commit these next 12 months to competing exactly. and i know exactly where the events are gonna be i know the dates i can plan my life around this right and yes. like yeah maybe i have a job on the side and that's important to me or if i'm an amateur player and like you know competing is just for fun for me like you now can like i think i saw manza tweeted about it but like oh, thank god i don't have to like spend two thousand dollars on a last minute flight." like <laughs> shout yeah. out to Monza first of all for even making it to these events but like uh-huh. that's stuff that we want to like completely alleviate and um it's a huge undertaking for us people in esports industry are telling us that uh no other esport has really done this or has this right now so um we recognize that it's a massive undertaking we're taking it very seriously that's why we've started as soon as we did and this is one of the the key things that we're really trying to accomplish yeah um, yeah I mean that goes into i mean just the just the like benefits of all this stuff is absolutely massive to try to wrap your head around like think about fans who want to plan to watch events that too uh, yeah like either spectate in person or watch online um, they can totally like plan around all Played of this events. stuff so yeah. um yeah there's there's kind of i'm sure benefits that we don't even realize are going to come out of this just yeah. because um we'll be getting this 12 month roadmap out there. So, um, you know, we've heard the feedback. It's a massive undertaking. That's why, you know, we're hearing that no one else is really doing this because Mm -hmm. it is so difficult and requires so much time. And so, um, you know, we're, we're going for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the biggest thing just being transparency with I think, which I think the community absolutely loves is they want transparency. They want to be able to feel like they they understand what's coming next. They can interact with it in some way. So I think that's that's huge. That's really exciting. Uh, it does make me wonder though. Like, let's say you you drop the twelve month roadmap and most of it looks good, but then for whatever reason the community responds they don't like a specific thing. Do you think it's possible for it to be flexible in some way? That could be an issue too if you try to lock in twelve months. And then what if on like month nine there's something that's like really weird or whatever that people don't agree with? I, I don't know what that would be. But but I'm just saying like, would you be able to pivot? Would it be tough to do?
3: Yeah, that's one of the things that we are actually talking about and thinking about how we plan for scenarios like that. Yeah. The the realistic part of it all is that, yeah, once we lock in a 12 month roadmap, we're more rigid, right? Right. So the idea is like, hey, let's measure twice and cut once so that we get it right on this try. Sure. And we'll take whatever feedback we can into the following 12 months. But obviously yeah. like if there's something massive the community has an issue with or this glaring oversight i mean i can't even fathom a scenario where this might be um then you know we're definitely open to doing the right thing ultimately um of course so
0: yeah uh, but yeah, I, I love that. Just thinking about my interviews that I've had previously, and the fact that a lot of these Halo pros, uh, especially our community, has a lot of older Halo pros who have full-time jobs. They have a uh, you know dedicated responsibilities that they need to adhere to. Yeah. Having having no announcements of a future event until like a few weeks before, or a month before, or whatever is very challenging. And uh, we can feel the blow. Like each event going from mm-hmm. you know like face it to Atlantic City to now Atlanta, and and not knowing until that event happens, that you can kind of feel the blow in in the interest. Um, so yeah, having that 12 month roadmap, I think will be huge for people just planning their career around that planning their goals around that it's going to be very exciting so looking forward to that Uh, the next one you have here is viewership
3: yeah so uh, if you look up at our goals at the top of the blog like viewership I think is the first thing listed Um, viewership and having great viewership both on like live and VOD content is kind of the lifeblood of eSports it's how teams and tournament operators decide to make their investments it's how their investors decide to invest in games um, it's how the community looks at relevancy, right? They go to Twitch, they look at the number one on directory, they say, okay, the most yeah. popular game today is League of Legends, Fortnite, whatever it might be. So sure. uh, it truly is kind of uh, a lifeblood or one of the lifebloods for um, relevancy in esports and why people determine... Um, whether or not to invest in it. Obviously, there's things like in-person attendance and team participation, right. uh, player-based online. Like, there's so many other factors, but in eSports sure. specifically, viewership is like one of the core ones, if not the core. And yeah. so we want to make sure that because it's so important to the ecosystem, that we're also taking it seriously, and it's very important to us. And so when we think about how do we go about improving the viewership, and I've already seen some comments online. I think Moses said something. I think Flamesword was also chiming in. But like, nice. yes, like ultimately, like, People need to love to be, watch and play the game itself um, to want to grow viewership in that regard. So, like, right. we're 100% aware about that. Like, this blog doesn't really touch on the game at all. So, more stuff about that and the game itself will come down the line. So, mm-hmm. we're definitely not ignorant to the fact that, like, the game itself is massively important. But on the esports team and what we could do is also, you know secure partnerships with teams to have these huge followings, like you mentioned, to help grow viewership. Um, We could think about our broadcast and how we entertain people, right? There was a noticeable difference in the feedback that we got from South by Southwest when, you know, we took a very conscious approach in like reducing downtime and injecting all these different activities and, you you know, you know, for lack of a better term, letting our hair down a bit and being more casual and fun. You know what I mean? So like it's doing more stuff like that, that we have, the ability to also help out, contribute to, um, to ensuring that viewership can grow over time. And so, you know, th- like like with growing international regions, there's not a silver bullet to this all. Sure. Um, there's going to be multiple approaches, multiple kind of iterations, learnings, different partners in the ecosystem that all make it what it is. And so, yeah, um, it's trying to do as many of those things as we possibly can to give us the best chance of having a in this, uh, an ecosystem and a game that has great viewership. So um, kind of a larger takeaway there at a high level is like is crucial to us. It's one of the main determinations for success for the eSports program. Um, so being super transparent there, like viewership is a key, key performance indicator when we look at our investment in eSports and how we're performing. So um, it's important for teams, it's important for tournament organizers, it's important for the community, it's important for players who also, stream and want to you know put their content right. out there right. it's just important for everyone and so we need to make sure we're doing what we can um yeah. to make sure viewership is as great as it can be so
0: yeah
3: um yeah that's kind of rambled a bit there but that's kind no, of that's okay <laughs> that's kind of what we're uh, what we're looking at for this yeah.
0: Uh, Even just looking at the paragraph here, saying you know, running fair and competitive leagues and tournaments will always be the core of HCS, which I like. But then you say you know, thinking about HCS as an entertainment brand, so it is more than just the leagues and tournaments. Because how do you ensure that you know people? uh, I guess just for these events, uh, when you have in between games downtime, or or if you can kind of you know inject great content in between that gets people really excited and keeps their energy or uh, keeps them motivated and gets them more invested in the game overall, right? So, hundred percent. And when you see when you see the top esports today, it's a culmination
3: of all these things mm. uh, we could talk about league of legends just because it's relevant today and the sure. finals is coming up like they have an amazing streamer base they have great teams in the league around the world that create great content and tell these stories exactly uh, riot does a great job themselves of creating content and pushing these storylines and just creating this ecosystem so you know that's why when at any given point you go to twitch like league of legends is number one or top two three whatever it is That's why you saw, right, G2 winning in the semifinals, most-watched esports event. Like, there's no silver bullet, right? And for look at League of Legends and Riot, like, they just celebrated their 10th anniversary. You know what I mean? Like, this stuff takes time. And I'm sure if you talk to those lead folks at Riot, they'll let you know all of the (laughs) different learnings that they've had and all the different things that they've approached and, you know, how they think about the broadcasts and, you know, everything that goes into it. So... There's not just one answer. It's not as simple as, like, well, make a great game. And it's, like, you know, there's so much that goes into all of this. I'm sure.
0: um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the idea of leveraging your relationships with top teams to create stories, though, right? So, like, the first one that came to mind is just Tawi and Evil Geniuses. He did amazing work for Evil Geniuses, and I became a huge fan. Not that I wasn't already a fan of the players, but I, just, I was just so much more connected to their story because I watched their content, and then I would root for them in the tournament. So I think each one of those top teams, if there was some way that you create those storylines, you create that awesome content around these teams, and then get us excited for the events and have it during the events and around the events, whatever um i i think it, yeah it will definitely help you know bolster viewership and, and excitement for these uh, tournaments and also make people feel like they got less downtime in between their games hopefully yeah.
3: and the other yeah. thing just to finish off on that like um you'll notice viewership is not just important for esports but it's important for all of gaming now
2: of course and
3: you're seeing right courage goes to youtube ninja yeah. goes to mixer like all these all things the that are related to viewership are coming out and having a huge impact so um it's it's no surprise that this is such a huge part of just how gaming and esports is evolving. Mm-hmm. And what we're basically saying is, like, we recognize this is important to us. And on the esports side, specifically in the esports team, um, we are doing things to ensure that we get as much viewership as we possibly can.
0: Yeah, and some good pickups for Mixer as well, having Ninja and Shroud. Uh, some good opportunities uh, yeah. in the future there as far as you know, content influence goes. And, you know, I, don't I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'd love to see it, I'm sure. Uh, the next one we got here is uh, Open Ecosystem. Tell me about this.
3: Yeah, so um, obviously there's been a lot of talks uh, in recent years about franchising, Open Ecosystem, pluses and minuses of both. Um, when we look at where halo was born and you know throughout this entire coming up on 18 year legacy of this franchise um Mm. open ecosystem open events is really what this community was kind of born on what this esport was born on and what um right all these amazing legends uh kind of came from so Uh, When we look at all of our goals for HCS today and what's really important to us and our teams and players and partners in the ecosystem, um, you know, we believe that an open ecosystem, not only for players but for tournament operators, uh, is the way we want to go. And that doesn't mean that in the future we, you know, we might say, hey, you know, maybe it makes sense now for franchising and whatnot. But uh, for how we're thinking about HCS for Infinite right now, uh, we just believe that um, franchising uh, or sorry, an open ecosystem makes the most sense. And, um, so we, we talk about it kind of in the blog there about why it's really important to us and, um, all of our goals and how we believe feeds into it. Another part of it that's talked about in the blog is, um, what that means for tournament operators, um, we are looking for tournament operators who want to help Halo Esports in this community grow and they want to invest in it and they want to have open relationships with the community and also open relationships with each other. And we see it in other ecosystems today. Um, you know, Counter-Strike is, you know, an example, uh, just to throw out there, this game has incredible viewership, this incredible legacy and all these amazing tournament operators who constantly want to help each other to do amazing things for the sport, for the players, for the fans. And, um, you know, we also want to create this kind of feeling of competitiveness in the ecosystem um, for basically everyone to benefit off of. Of course, like all of this needs to be done in a sustainable way um, so right, that we continue right. to grow in the long term. Um, and so that's something that we are going to be you know, keeping a close eye on and, and working closely with these partners on. Um, and one thing I'll say is, um, obviously, we've been talking to teams and partners in the ecosystem. You know, we've told them, like, hey, you know, we're not franchising. And a lot of the feedback we're getting, if not all of it, is, oh, great. Like, I'm very relieved to hear that. So sure, yeah. um, we, look, we feel confident, you know, based on the conversations with teams and partners that we are moving in the right direction. And um, we have a lot of interest in teams ready to go. That, you know, that doesn't mean that um, we expect teams to kind of, Come and go every couple months, like we have in the past. Like we do want to work with teams to ensure that they're here for the long haul, and that's what yep. you know working with them proactively uh, means. Yeah,
0: yeah. Of course, having an open format means not just having these big tournament organizers as well, but you said also, like, leveraging HCS grassroots and having a lot of the smaller guys run tournaments, but then these tournaments actually have an impact in some way in the overall scheme, like the whatever your winnings are or whatnot, I'm not sure how you would organize it. Um, but I like that, too. So everybody kind of gets a piece of the pie, and it also encourages new contributors, new, you know, tournament organizers to jump into the space and to have meaningful tournaments for the uh, the Halo community here. Um Yeah, Yeah, that's
3: absolutely right. And I think um, when we look at other ecosystems and when new games come out, it's just amazing to see all the different tournament operators like putting on these tournaments basically every night it feels like um, with different formats, you know, whether it's kind of the core esports format or (laughs) wacky formats, whatever it might be. um, Right, talking about
0: how they... Sorry, they, they specialize different different uh, turn organizers. Organizers bring different uh, like specialties, capabilities to the broadcast, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, the broadcast, and just also giving stuff for players to play in, you know. So right. um, yeah. yeah, we want to encourage a more bustling kind of ecosystem there.
0: Cool, awesome. Uh, and the next one we have is, and the last one here is league feedback.
3: Yeah, so um, this is one of the the kind of. Uh, key pillars in this all but obviously um you know early days of hcs we got a lot of feedback about hey only having a pro league is kind of lame we need open events and right, right we made changes and then people were like okay we're not happy with this thing so we made more changes right we have different partners we you know more uh closely i sorry we changed halo world championship format like we've been iterating on the format over time and so the point right. in all of this is like this will continue to be an iterative and collaborative process with not only um, fans and players, but also teams and tournament organizers, right? Um, you can expect that tournament organizers will be, you know, reaching out to the community to get feedback on how they can better operate things. And it's not just, um, you know, 343 three or like we're basically all in this together. And the idea is that right. we all need to work together, right? 343 three needs to take feedback and integrate feedback from all these different partners TOs need to take feedback from us and they need to take feedback from players and fans and teams will also get feedback maybe on their content or on their whatever it is like it's this yeah. whole kind of web of everyone working together as partners in making this thing as great as it can be and for us like we don't have egos in all of this we're not here to like right. you know build ourselves up or do something you know just for 343 or microsoft like we're here to make Halo as amazing as a game and eSport as possible. And sure, we have, you know, kind of enough fans and players and everyone to enjoy it for a long term. So, you know, that's kind of what we're in it for.
0: Yeah, which is awesome. So, I mean, some of the biggest things I'm taking out of this is just kind of transparency between 343 and the community, which is something we wanted for a long time. Preparation, so having a full 12-month roadmap that's planned in advance so people know what to expect. And then feedback, ensuring that there's a constant discussion going back and forth between us and you guys continue to grow and, and make changes and improve. Because it is something that's a long process to kind of figure out what what works best for uh, for Halo, but but yeah, this, I think just yeah. to
3: just to close off on one more thing there. Sure. Uh, I also think we as a community, when I say community, I mean literally 343 players, fans, teams, tournament organizers. Um, we need to get really um, crisp and open about how we talk about feedback and you know um, the ways that everyone takes feedback, the way that people give feedback. Right. Um when people confuse feedback for compliance and say, you didn't listen to me because you didn't do what I said. Well, we listen to you, but here's why we didn't do these things, right? We need to be open and honest about when people say, hey, do X, and we say, we actually can't. But we need to just hold each other accountable for the feedback that we give, the way we give feedback, the way we also receive feedback. And, you know, we're committed as three for these just being open and honest along the way. And I know for a lot of people with this blog, they were expecting these, you know, kind of big announcements and, and
2: whatnot. But really, like,
3: what we've laid out here is, you know, I would argue is one of the more transparent blogs that define
2: yeah.
3: esports and gaming. Like, this is literally, like, we took words here and everything here that we've taken from, like, presentations that we've shared with teams and stuff like this is all stuff that we've had almost essentially behind closed doors that we're now making public and so we'll continue to do stuff like this so um it's just a it's a work in progress and i know it sucks when like you have one piece of feedback and you don't feel like it's listened to and now you feel like these people are not listening so yeah the entire idea is like, you know, we take accountability for not being the best at it at all the and so we want to improve and be better at that. And I think it's a slow process and how we work with all the partners and players and fans, um, you know, really the proof is in the pudding and we just need to continue to be open and transparent and build that trust. So yeah,
0: uh, we're committed to that. Where would you say would be like the main location for feedback as far as delivering and receiving feedback? Is that that insider hub that we use for reach or? i mean
3: each different product will have its own kind of methods of feedback right when it comes to whatever it is halo infinite reach halo insider uh hcs specifically like all these different things right community team is obviously super involved with this the various development teams like there's no right now like one place to like if you have any kind of feedback about anything on the halo franchise go here and obviously for esports like most of our community lives on twitter so Mm -hmm. I tr- we try to be as active as possible on Twitter and have open conversations. There's obviously communities on uh, Team Beyond. There's communities on Reddit. Um, right, so, right. and obviously people talk on Twitch and YouTube and comments and whatnot. So, you know, that's kind of for esports. Um, you know, where our community lives and where a lot of our discussions happen. So, um, you know, we definitely recognize that we need to f- kind of formalize that, especially on the esports front. Yeah. I'll say um, to make sure that. You know especially for players and we talk about it a bit at the end of the blog um yeah. like they have uh reassurance that their voices are being heard and listened to and um you know that's that's important for us like again like we don't have egos about this like we're not here to just do exactly what we want to do ultimately we want halo to grow <laughs> we want more players we want more fans we want our fans and players to be happy right. And so you know that
0: can only come through collaboration yeah uh, I agree. Sounds like a great initiative. Uh, closing out the article here, you had a little bit about grassroots. It looks like this is kind of on hold temporarily. What's happening with grassroots?
3: Yeah, so grassroots is not on hold temporarily. Sorry, is... my bad. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: uh, You're good. Before, uh, I, yeah, I, have before I say anything.
3: no, no, okay. no. I have got some questions. So sure. just to clarify. Yeah. So HS Grassroots, from a tournament operator perspective, will continue. Um, we will continue to work with tournament operators to put on online and LAN events. Like okay. that will continue to be a thing. Um, the thing that's been put on pause is applications and entry into HCS grassroots as content creators. Right. And the reason being is good news. It's not like, oh my God, something's wrong. Like it's actually good news because um, you all, the community, have supported this program and this initiative and all the content creators so much um, that we are thinking about how we involve more members of the community. And, I, you know, we right. talk about it in the blog there, but there are more people out there who create things and create content than just the competitive community. And so we're thinking about how we kind of change our approach and kind of broaden uh, our partnership with the community. So it's kind of vague. Unfortunately, don't have more details to share today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately like we feel like it's good news. And I think people will be excited about what's to come, but I understand that and the reason we wanted to be transparent about this is because there was an application window a couple months ago. and I know people have been waiting to hear back on it. And right. so we, we needed to give an update. We we had committed to end of October to kind of introducing the next wave. And so we knew that we needed to give an update. So that's what that's what the update is. So for right. those that have applied in the most recent wave, like your applications are not just thrown away. Um, we'll just we're just not quite ready to talk about how all this will be integrated into that broader story that we've been talking about. So, okay. um, and then on the tournament operator front for HCS Grassroots, um, we do see this evolving more. We talked about it earlier, but how do we um, how do we get um, sorry how do we make HCS Grassroots part of the overall official HCS roadmap more? Um, you know. Previously, we just had HCS and now it feels like we just have grassroots. So in the future, we see these things kind of coexisting together. Uh, We do want to create an aspirational path for tournament organizers, you know, small and large to plug into the Halo ecosystem and hopefully grow over time. And Mm -hmm. we understand that, you know, there are definitely um, um, ways and there's definitely room to improve, especially when we look at our partnership with tournament operators. And so, you know, that is something that we are definitely taking seriously and working on. And I think all of this will slowly come to fruition uh, over time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, at this point in the article there, they have questions, a lot of great questions asked on Twitter. Instead of going into these questions, guys yeah. in the chat, I I want your questions now. Everybody in the chat who uh, has any questions about this recent update in the blog, of course, guys, uh, Tashi can't answer everything. So just try to you know answer or ask your questions uh, a little carefully. But uh, but uh, these are being sent to me currently, so we'll read them off and, cool. uh, and try to give the best possible responses here. OK. Awesome. Uh, the first one I got here is Kinsey. Uh, what's in yeah. store for the next year regarding MCC on PC Halo Reach, which is like yeah, our immediate future right now.
3: Yeah, so don't have specific details to share at this moment, unfortunately. But um, we are looking to, and we talk about it in the in the blog there. Where I think it was Blackjack who asked about PC. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something we are taking very seriously. We're, you know the the future of HCS. Um, is it on console? Is it on PC? Is it a mix of both? What does
2: that all look like? Um, So we are sorry. Mm -hmm. So we're just not quite ready to share more, but
3: um, we are putting together the the details and touches on it so that hopefully we can share things immediately. Um, So that's kind of where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, from what I could tell, from from what I had read in the post there, it seemed like you were like, yeah, you had plans to try to put together some PC LAN uh, online events, and that you were kind of like testing, seeing the community's feedback as to whether or not they, uh, you know, like see how that goes and whether or not they like the idea of pairing them together. That that you know, possible. I'm not sure if I'm if I'm pulling answers out here, but the the potential of something like crossplay is something that you'll be looking at and testing, I guess, through uh, these initial events uh yeah i mean basically all of the above right we uh (laughs) flighting is
3: happening right now so we're getting lots of great feedback there um that the community team and the mcc team are driving and on the esports side right we have a lot of competitors playing in it so they're giving us valuable feedback Uh, but there's nothing quite like a tournament so for us to get like truly test it all uh we do want to run tournaments to kind of see what it's all about before we make our decision and obviously um you know halo has always been on console especially from an esports perspective and i know that um you know for a lot of players it is a it is a huge deal right it means right if you're the number one console player for example like yeah you might have new competitors playing and you might also switch like there's a lot that goes that could potentially rock their world right and so right we don't want to take this lightly we want to make sure we're working with the community, we're working with partners, we're doing tests, we're just gathering feedback before
0: um, we kind of make a decision for what that looks like in the future. Makes sense, and hopefully we get some updates on that soon. Uh, Now, some of these questions I'm just reading off, and I know you're going to have trouble answering some of this stuff, so I'll just read it, and you just answer in whatever way you can. So uh, Godspeed says, is Halo Infinite reverting back to old school, or is it staying like the later Halos? Uh, No comment. Cool. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I, I don't blame you off one says uh, are there any plans to make a TV series about HCS or some sort of professional ESPN style highlights show and ESPN top 10 in the house?
3: In house. Uh, so, so there's a lot there. I think what I glean from it is like is there any is there any potential for a super premium production quality HCS show or series like of shows? content. Yeah. Uh, I mean I think the answer is yes we are taking content very seriously in what we do it's not you know as simple as like oh we want to do an espn show and suddenly it happens so (laughs) there's a lot that goes into it i'd say we definitely have big ambitions on that front but uh everything is kind of still in the works and uh i could say something today and it could change tomorrow so right uh, when we have more details to share we definitely will but you know ultimately you know our goals we want to entertain we want to grow the community and uh, we want to do what we can to accomplish those goals so
0: yeah I mean, even just building off of stuff that was already established in the beginning of HCS, if you think of like Bravo coming in with HCS season one and the updates and the roadmap, like I love those yep. videos. Those were so cool, but then they stopped after season two. So, uh, you know, things like that, maybe bringing yeah. back stuff like that or or improving and, and you know, adding new valuable uh, yeah, uh, content for everybody to check out. Uh, the One saying says, will there be more info to look forward to before E3 of next year? Uh, so more info regarding esports I, I assume he means halo infinite but let's let's say all of these things so regarding esports uh, so I first, can't comment on on infinite, infinite yeah as, yeah infinite.
3: so on the esports front uh I say yes our plan is to share more before E3 I think we're still locking in partners and details and whatnot so we'll share things you know when we're able to honestly so uh I'd say yes but that's a plan and Till it happens and it gets more concrete, then I can't confirm that, like, hey, yes, on this date and, you know, before E3, here's the news. So, uh, yes, on the esports front, ideally. Okay.
0: Uh, question from Maddie Rums. Uh, Maddie Rums. Yes. Uh, you mentioned allowing teams that are good enough to find their way to be successful and working with multiple turn- tournament organizers to be healthy. Uh, is there any consideration to bring back, com- sorry, to bring combines back or to have something like a minor league series of tournaments run by other TOs, in brackets, grassroots TOs, for example?
3: So, if I understand the question, it's more focused on like broader community and amateur play, like when he talks about
0: combines.
3: Mm-hmm. Is that, uh, I don't want to sure. misinterpret his question.
0: He was saying the same thing earlier, and I was having trouble understanding uh, even when we were just talking about it. Uh, So you mentioned allowing teams that are good enough to find their way to be successful Ah, working with multiple tournament organizers to be healthy. Uh, Is there any consideration to bring combines back uh, or have something like minor league series of tournaments run by other TOs?
3: Yeah, I think now I understand the question. So it's basically like in an open ecosystem, you want teams and players to be able to kind of show up and make their way up to the top. Hmm. Um, I would say there's nothing to share right now in specific uh ideas or formats and event things like that i think ultimately when we look at our goals like we want to do what we can to accomplish those and like for us it is important to have this kind of heroic story where for the first event this amateur team gets top 64 and then suddenly at the end of the season they are right top eight and stuff like that so we do want to support those kind of storylines and give right opportunities for teams to kind of you know show up make a name for themselves and and crush it so um that's the most I can say right now. I'm sorry. I know a lot of this is, like, kind of vague, and I don't want to, like, ignore the fact that, you know, I know people want very concrete, specific details, but of course, we're offering what we can right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, that's why we're here. We're doing what we can. Uh, Sudoth one says, uh, what is the incentive for players who aren't placing 12th to 60th? Uh, there used to be semi-pro status. Now, uh, and how can you justify them to come to an event and spend almost 1K to come on a flight and hotel? Uh, to make their make it worth their while?
3: Yeah, so I think um, there's kind of a, a broad spectrum of different players that that question kind of hits. Like, yeah. for some players, they will show up, let's say, to DreamHack Atlanta just to hang out with their friends and meet up, and, like, if they get, you know, 3-0'd in the first two rounds, then they don't really care. And so sure. for those players, like hey, they support ACS, they support Halo Esports. Like, we need to make sure they can have a good time and hang out with their friends. And, you know, Halo Esports events are a fun, safe place for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But we also understand that, like, players on the edge of going pro, maybe they don't have a top org to give them regular salaries. Like, getting to these events is uh, very difficult. And so, yeah, you know, the, the range of teams and players there is quite large. You'll f- hopefully find that, as you get closer to kind of top 16 and top eight, you'll have more organizations involved, uh, more promotion and um, salary and sustenance for those teams. I mm-hmm. think the further you go down the bracket, if you will, or seeds, that will obviously become less so. And I think, um, like, for us, I don't know that we could say, like, hey, if you're top 64, if you just play 64th in this tournament, then you're all, like you get almost the same benefits as like pros right. or whatever the case is. You know what I mean? Like ultimately yeah. like the better you perform, the more benefits you're going to get. And that's just kind of the nature of competition and tournaments and the ecosystem. So there's not a silver bullet answer to like, Hey, if you're top 64, top 48, um, you know, you're going to get these benefits or so your thousand dollars that you invested. You're getting that back, that tournament, right? Ultimately though, like we need players to feel like it's worth it. and hopefully like they're able to see this 12 month roadmap and say, Hey, this event, wherever it is, I want to go to that one. I can buy tickets and for my team early. I don't have to wait till they're too expensive. Yeah. Um, and they feel like, you know, ultimately like they have to invest in competing and growing over time too. And that goes into all the practice and making relationships with top players and getting on good teams and whatnot. So, uh, you know, there's a lot to really like dive into and unpack there. I think ultimately, um, we do want to have, like, more clear benchmarks for progressing in the scene, whether it's top 64, 48, top 32. When he talks about semi-pro, pro status, all that stuff, like, yeah, we recognize, like, that stuff was awesome back in the day. And when you got top 64 or when you broke into the points or when you made it out of split screen or whatever it is, when you made it to main stage, like, all sure. these, like, huge benchmarks that really kept you going and kept you hungry and wanting to play more, like, right. we do want to try to introduce more of that back to give – you know, give kind of amateur players their, what's their next goal, right? It can't just be like, I'm showing up at an event and then my next goal is going pro. It's right. like, okay, this event, I got points. This event, I got step 64. This event, I got top 48. And they're slowly kind of growing in the ecosystem. So, um, yeah, a lot to kind of dive into there. And there's not a silver bullet answer, but we we definitely appreciate and recognize um, all those different kind of benchmarks that, you um, that come with competing, right? It's not as just cut and dry. Or, or are you pro
1: yeah.
0: or not? Yeah. The the I mentioned something about creating specific milestones for players, right? So yeah. they're they're achieving something along the way as, as they continue to improve. And I guess it also connects with Matty Rum's question in having some sort of like a minor league or amateur league mm-hmm. uh, where these you know lower level players or players who are on the come up to pro uh, have that incentive to play and continue to play. So um, hopefully we can get some more info on that soon. Um, Pete Big says, have you guys considered doing Twitch Rivals for Infinite in the future?
3: Uh, we
0: have considered it.
3: We do have a good relationship with Twitch, but obviously nothing to uh, nothing to announce right
0: at this moment. Okay. Uh, MoxieCast says, are there any plans to create content with players? Uh, definitely. I
3: think um, for our events leading up, we always do player interviews. Uh, I'm excited to say that we have you know, based on feedback from community, started inviting more players into doing these interviews outside of just pros. So uh, I don't want to spoil it, but we have a cool um, interview coming up with an amateur player in a scene uh, l- later this week, actually. So that's super exciting. Awesome. Um, so 100% um, content made by us, but also when we look far into the future, um, you know, we also expect that, you know, tournament organizers are also working with pro players to uh, create some content too, so. Right, yeah, I right. think at a high level, like, um, content viewership is kind of, like I talked about, like one of the, the lifebloods, if not like the core lifeblood for all of this. So for us, um, you know, having this, um, having a foundation that then all this content is created off of, either it's by us, tournament operators, players themselves by streaming and creating content or teams, um, yeah. you know, that's crucial for all of this to, to work.
2: Yeah,
0: definitely. It sounds like con- content's going to be very important, especially even just trying to inject some of what you learned, like the creativity that came from South by Southwest event or even Gfinity, the cool kind of uh, different content that they had there. Uh, that was more than just, you know, your, your typical interview, um, which was pretty exciting as well. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Tools says, uh, what route should people take in order to become a caster of this next iteration of HCS? Good question.
3: Great question. Um, I mean, you could look at any scene and you know it's tough. You talk to any of those top casters, uh, very tough to break in, especially in established communities like we have today, um, where people will kind of always look to um, the veterans, right, as kind of the experts and the established voices in the community. So um, I would say ways to break in, like I say first, like we understand and recognize that Um, In the future, we want more casters and we will need more casters around the world to kind of tell all these stories and be, you know, uh, on-air talent. So uh, I would say the best way to kind of break into the scene is just start doing it. Um, Start either on Twitch or Mixer or on YouTube. Just start casting stuff. Uh, There's plenty of kind of grassroots tournaments out there um there are even scrims that you could cast like if casting is truly what's important to you and what your passion is then uh go do it that's the best way to get noticed how you'll get tournament operators how you get fans kind of uh into it all so i mean honestly look no further than shyway uh this dude is out there all the time (laughs) youtube twitch um casting swat tournaments like putting in the work you know I'm sure you've taken um, pretty low rates just to do some events (laughs) just to kind of get your name out there. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a grind. I'm sure you can speak from experience.
0: Thank you. Yeah, but I, I mean, I know Yu Gi Oh tools myself, and he's already pretty invested in it as well. He's casting quite a lot, uh, so I would say yes, definitely cool. keep it up. Um, and and hopefully those opportunities will come. And I, I'm really just hoping with the, with the future of Halo esports having more and more events and different sizes and scale, that more opportunities for casters will arise as a result of that. And and hopefully there's some sort of funding into these smaller events that allow casters to get you know well deserved uh, you know profits from from the time that they put in. Because yes, uh, at the moment a lot of it is voluntary if you do want to cast uh, or you know for a very low rates. So it's, it can be tough uh, right now, but keep grinding, Garrett. Uh, I, I'm confident you can get there as well. Uh, we have uh, Rami who says, "Will I see Tashi in ATL?" Yes,
3: I will be there. I land Wednesday night, um, and I'll be there for the event, so I'm excited. Awesome, see you there, Rami. Awesome. I'm glad to hear he's going. This is awesome. Yeah, my day just got better.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of great people coming, which is going to be exciting to look forward to. Uh, Nick Meister says, Tashi, uh, any support for rural countries like South Africa in the coming tournaments or in the future?
3: Um, So no specifics to share on, you know, regions and what that all looks like. I think for us, we want to support where there is an existing community. I think the level of which we bring them into the fold and support will be, uh, determined on quite a few things. Um, one being, right, the size of the region, the community out there that's already existing, tournament operators out there. Um, and then as well as how it potentially, um, especially for things like online tournaments, um, how regionally it plugs into whatever's is nearby. Um, there are definitely, I mean, you can talk to players, for example, in like Brazil or Colombia or Chile. Like there are... Um, like, real-world kind of hurdles in terms of online connectivity between all these different countries and whatnot. And so um, it's it's a serious balance for us because when we think about player experience and upholding competitive integrity, uh, it sometimes leads to just decisions that are tough for everybody involved. And so uh, at a high level, like, we understand the South African community was part of the first Halo World Championship and none afterwards... Uh, And I know Nick Meister's been, you know, hitting me up on Twitter, which I would definitely appreciate because it is not a community that, you know, we uh, don't want to support. We just need to figure out the right way to do it so that it makes sense for first and foremost, the players.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it just makes me think. One of the biggest issues uh, previously has been that online connectivity, and it can be so difficult for people who are in you know much much farther regions to have uh, the connection necessary to compete at a high level. Um, and I, I, wonder, like I'm, I'm sure that's a very important focus for you. I hope it's something that that is you know fixed in some way. Considering we have a new console launching with Infinite, it's so, like my only hope is that we can. You know, improvements in that in that category can happen. Yeah, as well.
3: and all of this is just getting better and better over time, right? Yeah, yeah. Like internet connectivity is just getting better. Right. Uh, obviously, all the different hardware, console, PC, like everything's just getting better. So, mm-hmm. I'm definitely hopeful uh, for yeah. the future. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, like we need to maintain a great player experience and competitive integrity. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I guess while well, at the same time. You know looking into these communities finding representatives of the communities and trying to uh, you know have these grassroots types events to, to encourage that there are uh, there is competition locally you don't necessarily have to you know just be doing these uh, these online tournaments uh warlord uh says hey tashi is it likely eu will be getting at least one reach event prior to infinite
3: um can't say at the moment i'd say we are open to all you know kind of opportunities that come our way with hs grassroots and um we are definitely looking to partner with folks for different events around the world but uh so i guess to answer the question like certainly possible but um nothing to really confirm or say right now which i know is a difficult answer but that's yeah sorry
0: that's fair um Ah uh, Ace says, "Will we see a proper ranking system in the future, or will you partner up with organizations such as FaceIt?" Um, if he means ranking system about games, maybe uh, he like, means outside with the tournament.
3: Uh, okay, he's like he saying partnering
0: with organizations such as FaceIt. So I'm not... yeah,
3: but FaceIt also also has like their own kind of matchmaking oh, ranking okay. system in their platform. So um, I mean, kind of a big question there, and proper is kind of a, a relative turbine so i would have to know exactly what <laughs> he's ref- he or she are referring to to start with but i guess at a high level when we're talking about seating and whatnot there's a lot that goes into that number of events online and land the difference between both of those uh, regionality as well how many teams show up in the united states versus how many in smaller regions all of this kind of plays a factor into how points and teams and players are all seated so um you know i guess Ultimately, like we're looking at feedback from the last five years and what we've done previously to constantly improve things. And so I don't have any specific details to share today, but that's our you know,
0: high-level thinking. Okay. Uh, thank you, Tashi. That's all we have for our questions in the chat for now. That's and, it? Uh, that's it, apparently. I don't know. That's what <laughs> Castro says to me. Um, that's fine. I'm sure more questions will arise and and plenty, plenty more when we actually get the ball rolling with some of this stuff. We see the roadmap and everything, uh, and that's what we're looking forward to. But... Uh, Thank you for coming on, and it was great chatting with you. As far as the near future, uh, what what's next? What what would be the next step for the Halo fans to look forward to, and uh, where could, you know what, what should they be prepared for?
3: Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me, and thanks for running HCS uh, Weekly. You know, the oh. full crew with you and UGC. Like, um, this show is becoming more and more of a, a kind of staple in the competitive community, so that's awesome to see. And thank you for covering all these five you know weeks leading up to. Happy to. The- yeah, the anniversary today, so it's been awesome. So seriously, yeah, thank you guys. No uh, thank you for all the fans that watched. So what's coming up next? Uh, DreamHack Atlanta. So that's April fifteenth to 17 i uh, I've got a Halo three four v four tournament for fifty k, as well nice. as a uh, Halo five two v two tournament uh, for five k. There. So um, yeah, more Halo five as people have requested. So I think the tournament at AC proved to be pretty awesome. So hope we get more mm. of the same uh, in Atlanta. And uh yeah, I'm curious to see, like you mentioned earlier with Maddie Rums, like what is gonna happen with Tox and Lux and you know, right. all the storylines that come out of there. Right. Uh, crazy kind of blemish in the uh, in the Tox kind of armor there. So I'm curious to see. My gut says they are like very practiced and focused and like taking this personally.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it does uh, seem I'm like they're coming to... back with the uh, yeah, yeah. force for sure. Yeah.
3: Take take no prisoners, three O's and four O's all around, so but right. we'll see so lux are Lux are a scary team so and obviously they proved that down in ac so uh i'm personally excited to be there um we're gonna have you know we work closely with dreamhack to ensure that free play is scheduled so um like i mentioned earlier there's people there who just want to hang out and play on land so um we made sure that it's properly scheduled as soon as stations open up um and as soon as time allows uh, get on there and play some halo and i might bring my controller so i can play too so it's been a little
0: while <laughs> oh yeah are you rusty how are you gonna do
3: definitely it? rusty definitely uh, rusty. it wouldn't take too long for me to get back the the big thing that like um took takes a while for me to come back especially as we've been going back to play halo 3 and now some reach yeah. uh is just the like um the timings in your own head there's right. just when you play these maps and these game types for so long you have all these timings in your head about like I just kill this player, they're gonna respawn in ten seconds on this part of the map. Right. I can make my push here, or I should wait for a teammate, like all this like timing that goes into the stuff, like for me yeah. that's the stuff that like, oh duh, like that needs to come back. Um, um but
0: yeah, I mean, but surely. I'm down. if anyone needs an eighth for a land uh, um, uh at yeah. Remake, let me know. <laughs> I'm planning on heading over as well. I'll bring my controller awesome. and and maybe we can get some games into. Uh, if you, it's a, if it's an H five one v one, I got you. I got your number. Anything else? Oh, maybe be, uh, <laughs> we'll see. But um, but looking forward to it. Uh, thank you once again for joining me. It was a great chat. And and yeah, just excited for the future of Halo esports and and Halo in general. Really hoping for big things.
3: Well, no, thank you guys so much. And I've only been able to read some of the the tweets and outpour of love, but thank you everybody for supporting these last five years, right? We know it's been rocky at times, and uh, through thick and thin, the community has been there. So, um, you know, we don't take things for granted, and, you know, we're getting a lot of great feedback already about the blog and how we're thinking about the future. So, um, you know, we're very excited about the future. We're very hopeful, and, uh, yeah, let's let's blow this thing up. Let's, oh, let's yeah, passive. Let's, let's, let's go. go
0: nuts, you yeah? know? Looking forward to it. I'll see you soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, that covers everything for today's show. Five years of HCS It is marked today. I'm curious to see what the next five years are going to hold. That'll close everything, though. Thank you guys for tuning in. We do have our HCS grassroots giveaway. You type exclamation mark grassroots in the chat for your chance to win the BR skin and nameplate. Probably already have the winner, uh, I believe. Yeah, there we go. We got I'm underscore Murph Murf Masta, Murf Masta with the win. Uh, enjoy your BRCN and, and nameplate. Of course, we also have our merch. You guys can check out the merch as well. Anything that you purchase here not only support, supports the show, it supports me as well. And as usual, I would highly appreciate that. That's everything for today's episode. We'll be back next week with more HCS Weekly. Stay tuned. I'll see you there.